And so my wife calls me. She says she's been diagnosed with leukemia. My whole life changes. They get on the uh, coaching call and I, I, I quit, right? Like I'm like, uh, I can't. And right before I uh, quit, my coach says, Russell, what would it look like if you could? Welcome to the Fired Up Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Reba. Fired Up Podcast is where we learn from entrepreneurs their story of how they succeeded, how they rose and grew, and we hope to grow with them. And so today we have a very special guest on the podcast. But first, we are sponsored by Reignite. Reignite is a 10x certified business coaching practice. We help tech-enabled entrepreneurs to grow their relationships and turn those relationships into referrals and sales. And we can actually grow sales by more than 30% in 90 days for the entrepreneurs that go through the program. So Reignite is a way to 10X your business. And I am with a guest who is 10Xing the home renovation industry and has been for some time. He's a great comeback story. Um, Please welcome Russell Wall, head of Sonoma County Carpentry to the show. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for being on. You know, we've met each other through some of the uh, 10X Business Coaching Masterminds. We've been together, and and I know your story a little bit. But for the people that that don't know you as much, maybe you can talk a little bit about um, how you got started in home renovation and then eventually, you know, Sonoma County Carpentry and your why for getting into the business. I got out of high school. I got a job as an auto mechanic, and I hated working on other people's cars. Uh, and so then I looked at it and I was like, what are the two things that most people spend the most money on? Uh, and I was like houses and cars. And so I got, uh, introduced to, uh, construction and I started, uh, learning the trade. Right. And then I opened up my first business, affordable wall to wall remodeling in, uh, February of 2009. Um, but at that time, all I was doing was chasing money. I was like, the whole point of going to work was to get money. And there was uh, always a lack of money because that was my only focus. And um, I fell off a ladder a couple of years later. The doctors prescribed me opiates. Uh, I proceeded to, proceeded to go into the cycle of addiction. And uh, uh, over the next couple of years, I ruined my business. Uh, my business went bankrupt. My relationships were uh, strained. Uh, I was uh, suicidal and um, I, I needed help. And I checked myself into uh, drug rehab and I uh, transitioned my life. And from that transition, I discovered being of service to others. And when I discovered that uh, driving motivation for a business, money became the result of the service that I was providing. So I would show up to do a kitchen renovation and it wouldn't be just the experience that the customer was having with me while I was there in their house but it was, I'm providing a service where this family is going to have the next Christmas dinner, is going to have the next Thanksgiving dinner, right? And so I wanted those experiences for them to be top notch. So one of the driving things was, I don't want Uncle Leo being like, who is the schmuck that put the crown molding (laughs) in this house, Right. right? 
And so that um, driving, that being of service and providing a, an exceptional product became my motivation. And ever since I made that shift, the abundance of money, the abundance of financial resources have, has always been there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. When you flip the mindset, how, how that works, right? If you were chasing money, you, you have that mindset where it's, it's no longer abundance. It's, it's like scarcity. And I yeah. need to get money. I need to hold money. And yet it wasn't coming. And then when you worked on a service first mentality with an abundance mindset that the money will come as long as I provide a great service, which is a 10x principle, by the way, it, it flipped for you. And that's that's great. But let's talk about let's let's back up a little bit and talk about any of the, the, the things that were most challenging, maybe one or two things going through the home renovation business and into starting your own carpentry business. I mean, what, what's the biggest challenge there for you? Yeah, so the big biggest challenge was when I started my new company, I was just Russell Wall, right? Like I, I, I was a sole prop, right? When I, uh, in 2015, I was a do it for myself, by myself guy, because I got control issues. I have, I, you know, like I want the, uh, you know, experience on the job site to be amazing. I want the, you know, I want the uh, customer to have uh, a, uh, five-star review experience. Right. And so a way to control that was just to do it myself. And in uh, August of 2020, middle of the pandemic, my wife, uh, I got a phone call and my wife had been diagnosed with leukemia. Oh my gosh. And uh, it floored me. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Right. So I was uh, faced with uh, taking my wife and dropping her off for chemo treatments uh, and stays at the hospital. And then being in the middle of the pandemic, I was doing first grade Zoom school with my daughter. Oh, wow. And so my ability to be the guy that was physically doing the work on the job site became uh, unavailable. Yeah. I, I hired my first apprentice um, at that time to help me, uh, like a part-time apprentice. So when I could show up on a job site, I could show up with somebody else and we could get more work done in less time. But in January of 2021, uh, my wife was going in, was going to be going into, uh, Stanford for a bone marrow transplant. And when she got out of the hospital, she was going to need to live next to the campus for 90 days post transplant. And that's a hundred miles away from where my business operated. And so I opened Sonoma County Carpentry Incorporated to separate my personal assets from my business assets. Uh, I went in, she went into the hospital on the 14th of January. I opened up Sonoma County Carpentry Incorporated on the 15th of January. I hired uh, two employees and put them in a work van and then 15 days later on February 1st, I moved my wife, my daughter, and three cats into an apartment a hundred miles away from where the business operated. Okay. And uh, I, I got the opportunity to learn how to work uh, on a business and not in a business. Got it. Yeah. What and a difference. That, it's huge difference. And it was a totally new skill set, totally, you know, just, you know, it's like, uh, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed that that happened because if it hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been forced into the growth that I experienced over the last two or three years. Sure. Right? Right. So it was the catalyst that, that created the opportunity for me. 
That's great. And, and Russell, some people never take that step. There's so many businesses that I meet, and I'm sure you do, that are stuck in that solopreneur phase. Um, either they just don't want to allow anybody else into the business, like you said, that control aspect, or they, they don't know how. They don't know how to recruit and train and build a strong team. So as you made that that switch, you know, there, there had to be some things that you look back now with your experience and say, I might have done that differently. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anything that sticks 100%. out like that? Okay. Uh, so first off, like, uh, I, I would have read more books and I would have hired a coach. Uh-huh. hands down, right? Like I, maybe even multiple coaches, even if it, if, even if I had to go into debt in order to do it, because the, uh, the leverage on the time, right? Like I can definitely, I am smart enough and every single person out there is smart enough to figure it out on their own. Sure. Now, how much time does it, is it going to take to do that, right? If I have to make every mistake myself in order to learn the lessons that are being taught, it might take me this amount of time. But if I hire a coach, if I read a book, if I, I get the experience that others have had in making mistakes and what they've done differently, mm-hmm. I can reduce the time. I can pull time forward and I can reduce the time it takes for me to grow. Sure. Right. Yeah. Leveraging time. And, you know, you learn this by hiring people into the business for some of the different aspects of it, but having someone help you to focus on the business and not so much being in the business, that, that's, uh, that sounds like a mindset shift that requires a lot of belief, a lot of self-belief that, that it's going to work without you trying so hard to control every piece of that. Can you talk about that mindset shift and how, you know, you yeah, overcame that? Absolutely. So, um, so, uh, 2000, uh, 2019, I went to a, a personal personal mastery seminar, okay. right. And, uh, at, at seminars, um, when they're talking mindset seminars and, and, and personal growth seminars yeah. and stuff like that, they talk about the, um, awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how I was choosing to play the game of life. And what happens with my belief and everybody else's belief is that we play a game. We play a game with which way we think we can or can't succeed. And based on the, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, he has a self-confidence formula that the dominant thoughts of my mind will manifest themselves in outward reality. And when I'm paying attention to, when I'm self-aware of what I am allowing to exist between my two ears, I am either going to be selling myself on the idea that I can, or I'm going to be selling myself on the idea that I can't. Yeah, yeah. And that, that sounds like seller be sold right there. That is. Yeah, exactly. It's also in the 10 X book. I mean, Grant talks about it all the time. You know, it's like the, you know, there's, it's a, there's like a, um, there's a story about two dogs, right. And, uh, you know, the good and bad dog, it's like a parable and, uh, the dog that is going to win in a fight is the one that gets fed the most. Yeah. Right. Right. And so if I'm feeding my, my psyche, my, you know, my, my mind, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, 
obstacle, 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 challenge, right? Yep. Then I'm that's all I'm seeing. If I start feeding my mind, I can, I can, I can, I can. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. I'm going to go under it, over it, around it, through it, and yep. get to where I'm, I'm, you know, where my goal is. That's where my focus is going to be. Yeah. And Absolutely. so there's another book. I read books all the time. They're great leverage points because for 6 to $30 in like 4 to 12 hours of your time, you can download the consciousness of somebody that spent years making mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's put it in a book. And so I talk about books all the time, but uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, being impeccable with my word, right? You know that 85% of people uh, aren't, aware of their choices in their mind. Bro, is that high? It's that, that high. And 96% believe they are. Yeah, it's it's like all about self-belief and the stories we tell ourselves and sometimes that inner monologue that that inner story that we hold on to is is it's so true that that we don't believe anything else and and so that limiting belief becomes your biggest obstacle. And I think for you, uh, until you accepted that probably became yours. Right. Yeah. Well, until, until a coach came along and actually teed up the ability for me to see that it was a choice mm -hmm. that I was making. Great. Well, okay. So you, you had the influence of a coach talk about your transition into coaching yourself. Once I discovered that working on the business was a way of being of service to a higher degree, right? So when I was uh, 100 miles away, um, I only spent 20 hours a week working on my business, right? Because I was uh, feeding my wife and I was doing cooking and cleaning sure. and taking care of my daughter doing first grade Zoom school. So uh, I was only planning out the projects and talking to new customers. But because of the 20 hours of work that I was doing, there was 80 hours of work that was being done on job sites. Right. right. So I saw that as a way of being of service to a higher degree because now it's like now there's more work that can get done. The community can actually be served at a higher level. Right. Fast forward, I have 11 uh, employees now. And so my 40 hours of work a week equals 440 hours of work that's being yeah. done in the community. Right. 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 Yeah. So my goal is to get to 100 employees. So that's 4,000 hours of work that is being done in the community. And when I look at how I can serve the community by myself, it become and, and 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 it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And one of my uh, one of my coaches recently said that if there is a task that uh, somebody else can do, if I'm not delegating that task to them, I'm actually robbing somebody from the ability to have a purpose for waking up in the morning and doing something and a paycheck to support their family. That that is a very eye opening mindset to have, and you know, so you then become the steward of. A, an employment opportunity and maybe better service delivered because a lot of times we hold on to the things that we want to control, but they're not necessarily what we do best or what only right. we can do. And so, like you said, if it's something you can delegate and it's something that is maybe put to better use by someone else, um, 
you almost have an obligation to put that person into service with you. Right. And so that's, that's a really, that's a really eye opening way to look at it. I, I appreciate that for sure. And then transitioning into coaching, right? So like if I continued operating the way that I was operating, being the solopreneur and stuff like that, yeah. I was actually spending 40, 60, sometimes more hours away from my family running my business because I was the only, the phone call happened. I was the only one that could take care of it. Yeah. Right. They only and want so, to speak to you if you if you're the whole business, right? So exactly. Yeah. And so one of my one of my friends, uh, he's been doing construction as a solopreneur for 30 years. Yeah, he's got a team of two or three people, um, but he spends 60, 80 hours a week and he's never uh, broken the million dollar threshold in business, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and because of what I learned in the coaching and everything that uh, I experienced, I broke a million dollars the second year in business. Cause you had that force multiplier working for you. You were leveraging other people's time. You were leveraging a, a, a process driven business rather than a person driven business. And that's probably made the difference for you uh, versus some that just try to force it all themselves. And uh, you know, that's certainly a harder way to, you're going to run out of hours and you're going to run out of energy too fast. Absolutely. The, the number one question an entrepreneur can ask themselves is not how can I, it's, who can? Right. Right. Absolutely. Should I? And if the answer is no, who else could? Right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So, so you've got, you've, you've done a lot, Russell, you have some, some major accomplishments in your, in your industry, in your field, um, in life and coaching others. If you had to pick one or two things that are, that are proud moments for you. And I know as entrepreneurs, we don't often do this enough but I'm going to ask you to think about something that you're proud of that it's uh, an accomplishment that you can stand back and look at. Um, so biggest accomplishment. So, um, it's, it's gotta be the, the start of the business, not just the start of Sonoma County carpentry. So when I was doing the, uh, in August of 2020, when my wife was diagnosed with leukemia, I was also, had just signed up for my first uh, professional coaching goal setting experience. Okay. So there was like six weeks that led up to this first weekend. And first weekend was the start of a eight week goal cycle where we uh, all set four goals that we thought were just outside what we believed was possible. Yeah. Right. So they were big goals. And at the time I was creating about a thousand dollars a week for myself. And I set a goal to create $20,000 additional money in the eight weeks. And so my wife calls me, she says she's been diagnosed with leukemia. My whole life changes the next day. Uh, no, two days later, I get on the uh, coaching call and I, I, I quit, right? Like, I'm like, uh, I can't, I, I start explaining to the coach, right? Like, there's no way that I can continue running my business, support my wife, do first grade Zoom school, and achieve four goals that I didn't think were possible, that were just beyond my belief. And right before I uh, quit, my coach says, Russell, what would it look like if you could? Wow. And I was like, bro, I can't. And I, and I hung up the phone. Right. Like, yeah. but the net, like that, that question, 
just started going around in my mind uh, the following week. I'm like, what, what could it look like? And I started opening up the doors to the possibility that it, it could happen. And so the next week I got on the call and I, I told the, uh, the team, I said, look, I have no idea what it's going to look like, yeah. but if it gets too hard, I can always quit next week. Oh yeah. I like that. Right. Rather than and, put off doing till next week, I'm going to quit next week. I'm just going to get through this week. Exactly. I'm just, I'll, I'll get, I'll get through this week. If it, if it gets too hard, I'll quit next week. Right. You know what I mean? And, um, fast forward eight weeks later, I not only supported my wife, completely changed the way that I ran my business, did first grade zoom school, but I accomplished all four goals in eight weeks. Outstanding. Prove to myself that I am the biggest limit to what I think is possible. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You believed you couldn't, you believed you had to quit. And that was the limiting factor. As soon as you unlocked and let go of that, man, that's, that's, that's gotta be something that stays with you now when you, when you, when things get hard, right. That you remember that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then I did another round eight weeks, uh, you know, like three weeks, uh, three months or six months later. So it happens every six months. So the first one, uh, financial goal was $20,000 in eight right, weeks. Right, right. Crash that. Second round was $100,000 in eight weeks. Then I crushed that. Then the following goal was $250,000 in eight weeks. And I crushed that one. And then I set a goal for $500,000 in eight weeks. And like week three, I was at like Mm $70,000. And I was completely selling myself on the idea that I can't. And I spent four or five days just being in that negative mindset of this is the stupidest goal I've ever set. I don't know why I set a goal so high. There's no way that I'm going to achieve this goal. You know, I was an idiot for trying to do this, blah, 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 blah. Right. And I got to, I got the opportunity to like become aware that that was what I was doing. Right. But I, I'd actually like, I was in the automatic pilot mode for like four or five days before I realized what I was doing. And one of the, one of my coaches said, it's not about never getting stuck in the mud, right? Because sometimes we revert back to past behaviors. It's the amount of time that we're choosing to stay stuck in the mud that matters. So if we have negative Nancy in our mind, right? And over the past three years, it's been, you know, 60% 60% of the time or 70% of the time, or we spend, you know, six hours a day or four hours a day. Right. And then today we only spent two hours, right? Like we get to pat ourselves on the back and be like, congratulations. Yeah. Like you're growing good job. Right. And so after I realized what I was doing, I was like, okay, like pick up the tools, yeah, the tools of belief. Right. The tools of, of uh, um, not knowing what it needs to look like, being unattached to uh, the mechanism that's going to get me there. 
right? Just keep going after it. And no matter what, believe that I can. Seven and a half weeks later in that goal cycle, $538,000. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Just, just a, a, a switch in the, and in your mind and, and everything unlocks, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Belief I mean, that you can. That, that belief, you know? Yeah. It's a great Testament to it. And, and I, I mean, it's, it's clear that you have the, the tools and the capabilities and, you know, you just need the mindset to work with it. You need to believe in yourself. And I, I can appreciate something you said too, though, because, you know, with all the success that you've had, it's easy to probably look at someone like yourself for people on the outside that weren't part of the struggle, weren't part of the story to get you here to look and say, well, looks pretty easy there, Russell. Looks like you got a, got a good life, buddy. I mean, I hope that's working out for you. And, uh, you know, but that's just not me, right? That's, that's what you probably, people would look at this and go, well, that's not me. Or that doesn't happen for me. Right. And, you know, it only happened for you when you believed it could. And when you, you really followed through with that commitment that it, that, that, that is going to be the end result for you. You know, like I'm going to go out there and do this. So I think sometimes the, you know, we get stuck in this idea of like, oh yeah, I just got to set more positive goals, got to set big goals, but you have to have a belief. You have to have a commitment that it is, it is attainable no matter what, even if it seems unattainable, you have to sell yourself on the fact that it is, um, which, which you definitely have. Yeah. And then continue to continue to sell yourself and, and that belief, right? So, um, when, when I'm, when I'm going after a goal, when somebody's going after a goal, right. Yeah. A lot of people believe that they have to have a plan mm -hmm. and they have to know exactly what the path looks like. That's going to get them from point A to point B. And so most people, what happens is they don't see a clear path to get to point B. So they never start going or they come up with a path to get to point B and they get two or three steps down the path that it doesn't look exactly the way that they thought it was supposed to look. Right. And they revert back to point A. I have to come up with a new plan. And the belief and trust that there is a plan to get to point A, regardless of what it looks like, yeah. becomes the driving force in somebody's ability to stay committed and persistent is being unattached to the mechanism or the path they thought it was going to look like. Absolutely. Right. Or said another way is commit first and figure the rest out later. Right. Exactly. And then she just, and just keep committing and keep just committing. Keep. Yep. That, that's the important thing. The, the, your persistence is, is a great story. So as much as you've achieved, as far as you've come, I got to ask what's next for you and, you know, Sonoma County Carpentry, your, your coaching business, what's, what's next for you? Uh, yeah. So in 2024, uh, uh, my coach, uh, my Sonoma County Carpentry is, uh, at a place where it is running itself. I'm building a team. We're looking at hiring uh, eight to 13 more people. Um, we're the, the goal of $5 million business in 2024. Uh, coaching business I'm launching in 2024 has to do with blue collar business owners and their mindset and their ability to uh, build teams. 
right? And not just the uh, coaching on the business aspects, but how to train. Because what's happening in our industry is that uh, for every seven people that are exiting, they're retiring or dying, there's only one that's coming to replace them. And in in 1970-ish, there's became this idea, scarcity mindset idea, that if I teach you everything that needs to happen on a construction job site, that you will yeah. just go into business for yourself and compete against me. Right. And so people are very hesitant of uh, in giving the knowledge out right. on what to do. And I have such an abundant mindset that I'm like, hey, man, I'll teach you everything you need to know. Do you want to go into business for yourself? Great. I've even I've even signed a letter on the construction in California. You need a, a license, right? And so you need to have a proof of two years of experience. And I was like, I'll see you even sign the letter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say good luck. It's gonna be very difficult to compete against this business, but <laughs> right. you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's confidence in yourself and what you've done. And and like you said, there's more than enough people to be served. I can't service them all. And so, you know, the only way you can do that is through others. And so if that's something that you're comfortable with, um, it, it sounds like, you know, it's, it's taken a little while for you to get there, but now, now the next step is what you're building, building out the business and scaling that and helping others to scale their business. Is that exactly? And one of, one of my uh, first coaching clients is the, the guy that I helped get his contractor's license. Okay. You know, and so we're still working together. That's you know good. what I mean? Nice. So, I mean, it's, you know. Awesome. That's what great. Both when it comes to like the scarcity is amazing. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's a good testament to, you know, what you can do when you're willing to pass that knowledge on, when you're willing to help others grow. And you see that as your, uh, your calling, not just the trade or the skill that you have. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and it's a way of being of service to the community at a higher level, right? So the more, because right. what happens uh, in construction is that uneducated uh, tradesmen go out and do work, and then they don't do it well. And when you don't do work well, it might look good for a little bit, but it's going to fall apart over time, mm -hmm. right? Which is going to end up costing the customer more money. Right. Right. And so as uh, as my crew and uh, others get educated on the uh, right way of doing things, we're actually serving the community at a higher standard. That's great. Yeah. So you're, you're raising the level of the standard even for those associated with you. So it's, uh, it's a great testament to what you're doing, Russell. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, um, anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't get a chance to, uh, to say here today? Um, you could be your own worst enemy is one of the, you know, we went over it and I, I just want to re remind people that when it comes to my belief lid and what I think I can or can't do will drive my experience Right. Um, cause our mind, our mind, our being right about what we think is our mind's job. So if I think that something's going to be hard or difficult, 
then my brain will start to come up with experiences to prove to myself that I'm right about what I'm thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And I think that's an awesome reminder for everybody and a great way to kind of end out, end us off. And so in that case, I will sign us off as we always do, but I'll emphasize what you did is that the goal here is to stay fired up so we can all do something great. Thanks. Thanks, Brad. Cause when my crew ride up, the sky gon' light up.